preachers well, as well. And, uh, well, Nikki, you're so biased, it's ridiculous. <laughs> How about you, Project? Father, we just really uh, want to praise you, want to give you all the glory, all the honor for what has what you have unfolded in Paul's life in the school, in the shire. Father, we just pray and we believe that the best is yet to come for, for the future, for this year, for the, for the kids in that school. Father, we just pray each and every one of them, Lord, that you touch through Paul. And Lord, we pray uh, even right now this morning as your spirit has guided him and, and leading him, Lord, we just pray that your words will, will speak forth and, and bring life and bring change in every one of us. And Lord, we just thank you and we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I went just next door to just see our neighbour uh, with the offending vehicle. I don't believe it's us. I think it's probably our neighbours over the road. But he did say one thing to me. If you park in the car park here, which we're allowed to do, can you please make sure you park not across two spaces, just in delineated space? We have the same problem here. I know what he's talking about. So uh, they, were, they were fine. I think the offence is over the road, not us. Um, and uh, But just if we can make sure we park in defined spaces. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning. March the 1st. That's a good date for a missions message, isn't it? March 1st. No, you didn't get it? All right. Well, it's autumn now anyway. That's nice. Goodbye summer, March the 1st. Uh, before I get in, I just want to say a big thank you to the church and everyone just for praying for us while Nick's has been sick and uh, we're getting through. Um, we found some good news. That is we're having another little girl. So, two girls. Three girls in the house. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> I love it. It'd be great. So much talking. All right, if you've got your Bibles... We're going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 35. Luke 19, 28 through 35. Oh, that's a lot of girls. <laughs> if I have one more, that's four in one house. Praise God. All right, Luke 19, 28 through 35. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. For the non-English speaking first language, a colt is not a, like a satanic colt, it's a donkey. You'll find a colt, a donkey, tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Awesome, I'll just pray. Father, I thank you for this privilege, this opportunity to come together, Lord, as a church and to listen of your word, Lord. And I pray that you would just encourage us. Father, you would just reaffirm the calling over the church to, to be goers, to be people who reach out and go 
and um, affect and impact the nations of the world. And I just pray your impartation into us this morning. And I just thank you, Lord, you would help me. And uh, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's traditionally not a um, real missions passage, probably something more like we all know the story, the Palm Sunday, and we would, this is what this traditional sort of thing. But, you know, when I read this um, passage, I can't help but see just a picture of outreach and a picture of mission. And really what this story is, what I want to focus in on in this story, is that Jesus is getting these two disciples and he's bringing these two disciples and he's bringing them in close and he's... And he's got something to share with them. He's got an assignment to give these two disciples. And I looked everywhere to see if these were boys, but I couldn't find what their gender was. So it just, two disciples, it could have been a married couple, who knows? Okay? And, and it's, so it's a story about Jesus getting these disciples, bringing them in close, and he's about to send them out with a mission. And, uh, and the focus of this mission is to go and get something so precious, the most precious of possessions. Can you believe it? It's not cronuts and it's not coffee. (laughs) It's a donkey. (laughs) Jesus is sending them out to get a donkey. (laughs) Could you imagine they would just be like, yes, Jesus selected us. You know, they get the inner circle time with Jesus. Well, yeah, I want you to go get me a donkey. What? The donkey? Joseph, can you please come here? Joseph Briffer, is he here? He's run away. He's on the phone. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep going. Who else? Let's, should we do a little... Wait for Joe. Okay, we have to wait for Joe. Joseph, the Lord is calling you. <laughs> All right, here he comes. <coughs> All right, now, Joe, you need to hear me clearly here because it's pretty important what's going on here. Get ready for some impromptu. Okay, so donkeys, here we go. Now, Nev has preached a message on donkeys. Okay, Nev's preached a great message and he's talked about how man can be like this donkey. But there's a particular story that we know and we love that Nev has about his donkey story, about leading this donkey. And... (coughs) I'm just, I'll, I'll tee it up for you, Joseph. I'll give you the first bit, and then if you can maybe, if you can maybe finish it, okay? So you know the story that I'm talking about? Do you kind of know the story that I'm talking about? All right, well, you can't look at my notes. No, no, it's his, it's his donkey story. You know that one? And he's leading the donkey. Yeah, okay, okay. It sounds like some people already know this one. And I came to a bridge, and that donkey wouldn't move. And so I... Is the donkey? I don't know. Can, can anyone remember what happened in that part of the story? He grabbed a certain part of its anatomy and twisted it. Thanks, Joseph. That's great. Well done. So good. We'll remember for next time, won't you? Awesome. No, that's it. Cheers, bro. Uh, all right. He grabbed that bit of anatomy and twisted it. But what was the point of the story? The donkey wouldn't move. Stubborn old donkey. And the Bible talks about man being like donkeys, you know. And um, the guy Ishmael, poor Ishmael, an angel of the Lord spoke to Ishmael, um, spoke of Ishmael, sorry, 
to his mother, Sarai, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 16, and says, He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. You know, and people can be like that. People can be donkey-natured. You know, that carnal nature of man is sometimes donkey-like. That stubborn hardness, stuck in our ways and resistant to what God wants for our lives. You know, but God still sees donkeys as precious. God still sees them as precious and he's got a desire for them to come to him. Okay, so Jesus begins his instruction to his disciples and he brings them in. He says, okay, I'm going to send you guys out and I'm going to want you to go and get me this donkey that's never been ridden. A donkey which has never been ridden. I mean, that would have been like, seriously, like of all the animals he could have sent us to go and get. A donkey. Like, wouldn't it have been beautiful if he went get like this majestic horse or like, you know, some great dog was like, yes, sir, sit and roll. Yep, come on, boy. You know, just easy, simple. Go get a dog. Would have been a different story if it was go get a cat. Those things are evil. <laughs> would have been... <laughs> Cats don't have masters. They are, I mean, yeah. They don't have masters. They have slaves. <laughs> he sends him out. Go get this donkey, this stubborn donkey. And donkeys don't care. Have you ever just seen a donkey at the carnival? And they just, I swear, they just like deadbeat, don't move, don't do anything. And they just stand there and they don't respond at all. And uh, eat or Winnie the Pooh, I'm sure. Man, so depressed. Okay, these donkeys, this is what Jesus has sent them out to get. But you know what? Some mission fields, like this donkey, aren't easy to crack. Some mission fields are just dead, dull, ugh, and it feels like, what's going on here? You know, and we hear statistics pretty often about Turkey, a country of 74 million people with about 98% full hardcore Muslim and... Uh, Christianity falls in like under 1% out of 74 million people. That's like, it's a lot of people and under 1% is saved and you've got 98% of um, Muslim. And you just think, man, that's like a donkey of an uncrackable, unmovable, um, how do you even make an impact? What's the, what's the point? You know, um, this time of the year is a big time for campaigning for um, human aid and stuff around the world and I've just been some stuff about human slavery in the world today and 27 million people are a slave to another person 27 million people do not have their freedom of rights and they're slaves to other people and get this out of that 27 million people and the majority of them being to sex sexual exploitation it's it's around about not even quite one percent that are rescued. One percent. You know, so this was from phenomenal statistic, heartbreaking, but just hard, you know, like <sighs> Jesus gives these guys this directive and, uh, and instruction. When Jesus gives instruction, this is really key to fruitful outreach. You know, being in tune with his voice and hearing what he is saying. And these are the words that he says to them. He brings them in close, and in verse 30, 31, he says to them, he says, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there. 
which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. And I just want to pull out of this four little things here, four little points um, that I think I really, I mean, for those who have been on missions, you will see these, but I really just pray we can, um, yeah, see what Jesus is saying here. And the first one is that Jesus says, untie it. You know, and missions is work. Mission field is work. It's a labor. People, from my short experience of being a Christian, people are not just sitting around like ready, waiting to be scooped up into the kingdom of God. Like, it do, it's not just a general, hey, you want to be a Christian? Like, and they're, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, I just haven't seen that. I think it's people are tied up and they, they need someone to, to untie them. There's a real labor and there's a real work in it. And sometimes that can be a big shock for us when we, we get out there and we get amongst it. You know, and things like prayer. There's, there's no greater labor than prayer. Fasting. You know, Jesus says that some of them will only be set free by fasting. You know, there's a place for that. That's work. And we've all heard stories of, like, missionaries who have been in certain places, you know, and they've labored and labored and labored. They've done 30 years there until this one strategy, this door, this, like, secret access point just opened up to them. And then there's just a whole group that you know, is just released. But it's that labour hanging in there, it's that working, that untying until scouts on up, yes, the knot just comes undone and something um, just happens in that place. So Jesus sends them out and says, untie it, untie it. There's a working missions. Second point I want to see is, and Jesus says, and bring it here. Bring it here. Now, Christine Kane, she's the founder of the A21 um, campaign. And it's an organisation which is into freeing women out of sex, sex slavery, human trafficking. And um, on an Instagram post she had just recently, she said, our primary purpose is to lead others to Jesus. Our primary purpose is to lead others to Jesus. And the goal is always that, lead them back to Jesus. Bring people to Jesus. It's not about a self-glorification. It's not about a, a building up my, my ministry or my ego or, or building my own kingdom. It's simply about leading, bringing all back to Jesus. His instruction was simple. Bring it here. And it's that Jesus might touch that person's life. Verse 31, third point is, if anyone asks you, Jesus says, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? And resistance is something which is forewarned. When we're when we going out into missions, when we're going out into the, um, into the mission field, resistance is something which we have to be prepared for. Jesus is, is already given them the heads up. He's like, look, someone's going to ask you. They're going to challenge, what are you doing? Like, why are you untying it? You know, and it's absolute ignorance to think that if we go out and we, we want to be a part of something, we're trying to do something, we're trying to take ground, it's ignorance to think that there's not going to be resistance against that. If we're trying to establish a new ministry or something or get together a links group or, you know, just even get into your neighbor's house or, you know, build those relationships, any sort of mission, whatever it is you see, it's ignorance to think that there's not going to be some sort of resistance to, hey, what are you, what are you doing getting that close? Okay, there's going to be resistance. It's forewarned. You know, because people, just like this donkey, are tied up. 
And people, just like this donkey, have got an owner. And that owner doesn't want them to be set free. Okay? That owner doesn't want them to just be taken off. All right? And he's not just going to let them take off. So be ready. Be ready for resistance. Jesus is telling his disciples. Fourth thing. (coughs) Say, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it. That's, that's his response, okay? So this re- resistance is going to come, but say to them, the Lord needs it. Jesus gives us words to speak. You know, and the words of heaven, the words that, that Jesus gives, the words of the gospel, the words of your testimony, the words, you know, that we have, they have authority and there's power in them. They are backed by heaven, you know, and I really, I can't, the times I think I've tried to eloquently speak and argue with people but then I've just gone, I'll tell you this one time, here we go, I'm impromptu, in South Africa, doing YWAM mission, and I was like, I had this, like, this message to give to these kids in South Africa, and they were just feral, like bouncing off the walls, like going crazy, they were not listening to a thing that was coming out of my mouth, and I was like, alright, close that, you want to hear a story? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and I just told them the ABC and there was Adam and they were Eve and they were naked and then there was a snake and there. And I just told the simplest story of what actually happened. And they were all just like, Whoo! And they're all listening to exactly what happened. And I was like, this is ABC. Like, no joke. And at the end of that moment, all the kids run out. There's one kid left there, a 17-year-old guy, and he gave his life to Christ. Yeah. It was just completely incredible story. I'd totally forgotten about that. But there you go. And it's just that... There's authority, there's power, there's something in the gospel, you know, that is backed behind us. There's an authority. Um, and another time, just recently, I've got a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness, and I just felt really impressed upon my heart, like, man, I've got to go talk to this guy. I really need to, like, you know, get in there and, and share with him. And kind of throughout the week, like, I'd had this one scripture on my heart, like, I really need to share the scripture with him and pray with him. And... I'd visit him a number of times and just talk and chatting and stuff like this. And I thought what I'll do, because um, J-Dubs, they have Jehovah's Witnesses, they have different Bibles. So if I was to take in my Bible and say, hey, really want to um, you know, read a scripture with you and pray with you, he would just be like, don't believe it because it's from my Bible, okay? So what I did is I jumped on the internet, got on their website, found their Bible, went and found my scripture that I wanted to look for, and I read it and I was like, that's beautiful, it's pretty... It's it says the same thing. I thought, great, I know what I'll do. I go around there and I, you know, have a chat. What are they sort of take Eden with me? <laughs> Softens everyone's heart. <laughs> go around there. I, mate, and I just told him, look, and this is what God had been, you know, pressing upon my heart. I said, look, God's really just been encouraging me to just pray for you and I really want to come around here and um, just been thinking of you. And um, he's near the end of his life. And... Yeah, and so I was like, have you got a Bible? I would love to um, just read something out of it and pray with you. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, even just for that, to allow him to pray for me, for him, sorry, is like, this is a big deal. Okay, and he goes and gets his Bible, big silver sword, massive, they're so proud of this Bible. I find the passage and I read it to him. And just an incredible time just to be able to share this passage with him. You just feel God's presence there and just encourage him from his words about it. And, um, and was able to pray for him and his wife just there in that moment. It's just incredible. Like when God, those, those secret inklings that God gives you and the Holy Spirit speaking to you, you know, there's, there's their answers, they open up doors and their access points into people's lives. 
Alright, so we reach a point in this message, uh, sorry, in this passage, where what Jesus has spoken, what he has said, what he has like come and told them, it's just about to now turn into the real scary part where you're actually getting on the aeroplane and you're flying there and then you're about to land in India, okay? Where calling turns into worship, where instruction is followed by obedience and where God and man work hand in hand to achieve heaven's purposes. This is where it's just all about to really become real for these guys. And this is my favorite part, verse 32, they actually went. They went. Verse 32 says, those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. Now, I don't know if you, like, thought about this story because it's kind of, like, it would be one of the ones who'd be, you'd have this discussion and then you can imagine the two guys, like, cruising off down the road and they're like, did Jesus just tell us to go steal a donkey? <laughs> we did. We can steal it. We just untie it. What do we, okay. All right, so you can imagine they're just cruising off and like, okay, we're going to this town and this is like, we've had these experiences in one way. And like, I think this, yeah, this must be the town. You can imagine them cruising in and just thinking, all right, this is bizarre because up ahead, that looks like a donkey. And they go, wow, I think, I think this is really happening. There's a donkey right there. He said it would be the first thing that we see when we come in. There's a donkey. And I can imagine what they'd be saying. Should not untie it. Should not. I'll stand back here. You go. I'll watch. Imagine, <laughs> no, you do it, you, you go, okay, yep. you owe me bread, you owe me bread. Can you imagine one guy's eyes like, <laughs> untying the donkey and the other guy's, yeah, no, all good, bro, all good. Don't worry about us, we're just in. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, bro, we're dead, he's coming. <laughs> what? Oh, no, it just fell undone, I promise. <laughs> Why are you untying my donkey? Why are you untying it? The guy would have come along and said, what are you, what are you doing? You say it. Oh, you say it. You. Don't fuck, you owe me more bread. Um, um, the, Lord need, the Lord needs it. Man, that guy would have just felt like, boss, man. Lord needs it. Yeah. The other guy. Oh, oh lucky I was praying for you. <laughs> oh, so good. Friends, you don't need to sound authoritative to be authoritative. You don't need to sound scary to be authoritative. Word from God is word from God. Gospel is gospel. Good news is good news. Your testimony is your testimony. And there is power and authority in it. And the only way, I tell you, the only way to deal with resistance is in the authority of Jesus Christ. Authority comes when we have the word of the Lord. Word of the Lord, gospel, testimony, specific word of the Lord. And we take that word, we follow it, we're obedient to it, and nothing can stop or stand in its way. Okay? These disciples were just, what? It worked! all they're just obedient to what he said when we go we go with authority wouldn't be a missions message without this one 
Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth, in heaven and on earth, all the authority on earth has been given to me, therefore go. And we, we must know that when we go, when we go, whatever ministry it is we're involved in, whether it's overseas, whether it's here, whether it's a links group, whether it's anything, we are backed by heaven. We are backed by heaven. You know, this little donkey had a destiny. Little donkey had a destiny. And his destiny was that this little donkey and the life of Jesus would meet. Now, 500 years earlier, there was a prophet named Zechariah. And this prophet prophesied in Zechariah 9.9, See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt the foal of a donkey. All those years before, 500 years before, in the eye of God, he saw that donkey. He saw that donkey's life and he knew that that donkey is going to come into contact with Jesus. That donkey is going to play a part in the life and the story of the redemption of mankind. That donkey, that, you know, how did it end up there? How did it end up in that town at that exact time? That donkey had to be there and it was... from the beginning of time, God knew that that donkey and Jesus were going to meet. That that donkey's life would be touched by Jesus. That that donkey which no man had ever ridden. It was a donkey that no man had, been, had broken yet. That donkey would come to Jesus and would submit fully to Jesus. It had a destiny over its life. You know, and that destiny, that same prophetic destiny was not only over the donkey but it was also over those disciples to go. It was always over them to go and to be a part of God's great plan. You know, their lives were, were set apart. They were set apart for, for that, 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 that job, that, to go and to do that. You know, when Jesus calls, go. When Jesus calls, go. And the Bible's full of these moments where are full of go moments. You know, so many times, I've just been reading through the Gospels of late, and it's just full of, Jesus tells a lot of people to go. He tells a lot of people, people who get healed, people who get set free. He says, go, go do this, go do this, go do this, go do this, go do this. He gives these instructions to go, to go. And more often than not, it's about like going and, you know, telling other people and bringing other people and, and, and just going out and living this kingdom life. You know, it seems that God has always been intent on partnering with humans, with mankind. He's always intent of like getting them in and being like, okay, go. Now you go, go. And they're full. The Bible is full of them. You'll see them now when you see every time you see this word go. And they're all leading to that great commandment to go. The great commission. Go, go, go. You know, and this is where I kind of want to wrap up. I've got a couple of points that I want to kind of bring this to a close. And this is ones which I've experienced them. And this is like, zing! It's the fruit of their obedience. The fruit of their obedience and the joy of going. You know, some of my fondest memories have been on outreach, have been on mission, been, you know, with YWAM. Just incredible times of um, getting to know God in a whole brand new way just of this thing of being out there and being a part of something and doing something has just been incredible. 
The first point I want to just hone in on is verse 32. And it says that those who were sent went and found it just as he had told them. You know, and the disciples, that moment would have just been incredible when they came walking down and, and it's exactly what he's whispered to you back there. Everything's set up. And just that realisation, you're thinking, whoa, this guy's really in control. This God is, 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 he's, he is Lord, man. And you, and you see God in these ways. You see God in these incredible ways. And it's actually really fun. It's fun. I can't stress how much missions and going out is fun. Yes, it's labor, but it is fun because you discover this God in a whole new way. And want another story? This is a fun one, South Africa. So we were in South Africa, and we were in Cape Town, 2010, and we had just done so much evangelism, like you wouldn't believe. Like, Kev, you would have been proud of us. It was awesome. I was with Steve Clark. He's here, I'm pretty sure. Steve Clark is just passionate, okay? We were doing, like, hardcore, straight up, just on the street, like just out there, cold turkey. And one day, we were pretty exhausted by this time, about week eight. And we're like, all right, what now? We're just in Cape Town, in the city, and we're like, we have to do something, don't we? This is what we're here for. And then we all got together, and we're like, let's just pray. Let's pray. Let's see what God wants to do. What do you want us to do, God? So we get together, and we pray. And we just felt so strong. Everyone was just hospital. We've got to go to a hospital, and we've got to go pray for people. And here we are in the middle of the Cape Town. We have no idea where we are or where to go. We're like, okay, let's just go this way. <laughs> we just cruise off this way and walk along. Nah, nothing, nothing. And it was kind of like this story, actually. There was a security guard guy over here, and he's got like a gun and stuff because that's just how they roll. And we're like, maybe we should ask him. We'll ask him, like, where, where's the thingo? And uh, so we cruise over to this guy and we ask him. Turns out he's a fully, full-on Christian. He's like, yeah, are you guys going to go pray? Oh, man, that's awesome. He's like, go up there. They need prayer. And then we look up to the building and it's actually called like, you know, it's got one of those like the Christian Life Center hostel, something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but it was like this, oh, awesome. Yeah, that's it. And anyway, we cruise up there. We get to the hospital and they're like, ah, oh, no, sorry, you guys can't come in here. They're like, but just wait out there and um, we'll send someone around to pick you up. We've got another hospital. So next minute, ambulance rocks up and says, jump in. So 13 of us jump into the back of an ambulance. We're like sitting on all the gas bottles and the masks and everything. 13 of us in the back of the ambulance and he drives us over to the ED department at this other hospital, drops us off and goes, yeah, and when you want to get picked up, just give me a call. So <laughs> when we're done, we go in, we pray for everyone, and then it just, like, we call him, he comes back, and then he drives us down to the train station, and thank you, Jesus. Like, it was just incredible, it was fun, and you just get out there, and, you know, like, that is a part of just the joy of going, the joy in going, the joy, they're memories, man, that's fun stuff, that's cool, you see God in cool ways, and you can't, doubt that you're there for a reason that your prayers you might not feel it in the moment kind of like that heart story on the gate but man god does stuff that we don't see and um, that's just fun to be a part of second thing is that they overcame the opposition with the word of the lord and real similar to above you know like when we get in real situations of like opposition we really find out when we we really start to worship that worship is powerful and, you know, times where you just have, you feel like you're, you're not getting anywhere, you're going under, or you're, 
whatever. And just I remember times with the team and just turning into prayer, turning into worship and, and just continuing. And things would just lift and change. And it was, you just discover God in a new way again, you know. And these guys, like that opposition came, but they were just obedient to the exact words that he told them to say. And they overcame that opposition, that resistance. And again, what a joy, what fun. It's fun. It's great to be a part of something like that. But the third one and the final one, and this is the best one of them all. This is the greatest. And it was that their work would glorify Christ. You know, they went and they got a donkey. They untied the donkey and they brought that donkey back to Jesus. And then Jesus, Jesus got on that donkey, that donkey that was once tied up, seemingly unbreakable, it hadn't been ridden, okay, this is like an animal, you don't just like jump on the back of an unridden donkey and be like, yeah, sweet, easy, here we go, that's like, usually you're breaking a donkey, you know, and it's like, it's this thing that happens slowly, but Jesus just, just master, just jumps on this donkey, and I can imagine, oh, what happens next, sorry, is that he then, this is the one we all know about, the Palm Sunday, Jesus cruises down, Here's the king, you know, palm, all of Jerusalem's praising this guy, Jesus. And you can imagine these disciples sitting back going, man, we're a part of that. We went and got that donkey, but it's not about us. They would have been there praising him and going, it's all about Jesus. That donkey's life is to lift up Jesus and that Jesus is glorified and Jesus is seen. They are, all of Jerusalem would have clicked. Zechariah 9.9, here he comes, the king on the donkey that donkey's life you know some places which are so hard so locked up and broken um, you know turkey that a21 campaign i b- really believe right now north africa man i don't know if you've been tuned into the radio the news what's happening out of that part of the world north africa more than ever is the time now for the church to get on the planes and get over there and help and to support and do what we can because the unbroken, the, the, the seemingly impossible, I tell you, Jesus can get on top and break through anything and it brings glory to him. Amen? All the glory goes to Jesus. It all goes to Jesus. The hardest of people, of places that Jesus can conquer their lives and it magnifies him and it makes Jesus famous. Amen? All right. I'm just about done. Musos can come back up. I am done. <laughs> Man, I can't stress more like how fun missions is. Did you guys have fun? Did you guys like some of the stuff I'm saying? Like you resonate with it? And isn't it cool just to go? And, you know, I tell you some of the times like, yeah, you're just there. You're amongst the sea of Hindus or Muslims and you just think impossible impossible but something in you is going possible 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 because all the little bits that you see Jesus your way you discover him you just like man he's better he is better he's bigger everything's possible and just builds out and what a joy what an exciting thing to be a part of is church boring no church is about mission church is about getting out and impacting the world church is fun you know, and what an exciting thing to be a part of. I can't stress enough. If you don't know what's going on in the world, get on the internet and find out. If you were like, where do I start? What campaign do I jump on? Man, there is so many incredible Christian-based 
Like, awesome campaigns. A21, jump on board with that. Oxfam, so good. World Vision. These people are doing stuff that you can simply jump on board. You can become a part of it. Hey, we would love to do stuff in this church as well. Like, we are a part of things. We've got a turkey mission coming up. If you want to jump on a plane and be a part of something, can go and stretch yourself, and you might discover God in a whole brand new way. Is he speaking to you today? Is there a donkey that he is sending you to? Maybe. I'll leave that up to you. Awesome. You can stand. I'm finished. And um, we're going to actually take up our missions, giving, offering. And, you know, we believe that we can make a difference. And I think what a privilege, what an honor to be able to, you know, sometimes we can't always go. We're just not in that position to actually go. But, you know, there is people out there who are untying donkeys. They are working hard at untying donkeys. And we can be a part of support that. That's what this missions giving is all about. It's about backing it, supporting it, and helping donkeys get untied that Jesus would be glorified through them. And um, so bless you as you give today. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be able to give. Lord, we pray for those we're connected with in missions. Lord, we just pray that, Lord, donkeys would be untied. Lord, locally, donkeys would be untied, Lord. Father, across the world, through Turkey, this year, Lord, that donkeys would be untied and set free in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Yes.